0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more about the Arizona State University student groups that are demanding that Kyle Rittenhouse be expelled from an online program at the university because they feel unsafe with him as a student. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's edition of The Rebellion. So, yesterday, if you listened into the show, you know that I covered this story of Arizona State University's student groups, officially sanctioned student groups of Arizona State University, calling upon the president, faculty, and administration of the institution to quote unquote withdraw. Kyle Rittenhouse as a student from the institution, even though his enrollment is online. And the reason for these groups calling for Rittenhouse to be expelled, I mean, let's just cut to the chase. They use the word withdraw, but that's an inappropriate description of what they're calling for because withdraw is a voluntary action that you take. If it's an action taken by the institution against you, it's not voluntary any longer. You're not withdrawing. You're being kicked out. You're being expelled. So that's really what these student groups are calling for. They're calling for any individual who has exercised his constitutional rights, who is not a criminal, who has been acquitted, if indeed he ever has stood trial, somebody who is innocent. I want to repeat that. Innocent. You are innocent until proven guilty in our system of justice, which is a good thing, by the way. Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent by definition because he was not proven guilty. The only thing he did was exercise his constitutional right to self-defense, his moral right to self-defense, He was being attacked, his life was threatened, he exercised his right and responsibility to protect himself, and the jury agreed with everything I just said and acquitted him. That doesn't matter to these student groups, to these snowflake socialists at Arizona State University. And I use those words intentionally. They are snowflake, selfish, narcissistic, coddled socialists, and they want their way. And if we don't give it to them, they're going to pout and scream and protest until they get what they want. And this is not a recipe for freedom. It is not a recipe for justice. It's a recipe for anarchy and chaos. We have to stop enabling this nonsense. So on today's show, I'm going to cover this story again, and I'm going to get into the underlying ideas, the foundational ideas, the very premise of what brings these student groups to this land of crazy that we constantly see in the news, where they're demanding this type of unconstitutional, undemocratic injustice, not justice, injustice against anybody that they don't like and anybody who disagrees with them and frankly anybody who doesn't even look like them now because they're using Kyle Rittenhouse's excuse me Kyle Rittenhouse's very physical biological identity against him in other words he's white and he defended himself and he believes in the second amendment therefore he's evil he's bad and he should be expelled from our presence we don't even want to be around such people what does that sound like to you? Does it sound like racism? Does it sound like the racism of the 1940s and 50s that you've read about so much in the news recently about how racist whites rose up and said, we don't even want to be around minorities. We don't want to be around, oh, blacks. We don't want to be around Native Americans. We don't want to be around Asians because they don't look like us and we don't want them around us. We want the purity of our culture here in this little town, this little sundown town. Well, that was wrong then and the same attitude is wrong now it was sin then and it is sin now it was evil then and it is evil now we can't just put lipstick on this pig of racism that comes with the social justice movement and with black lives matter and with critical race theory and all else therein we cannot allow the racism of the snowflakes to win Otherwise, our freedoms in this culture are lost. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Before I get into the rest of the show, I want to remind you that Christmas is a-coming, and I have a couple outstanding ideas for Christmas gifts for you to consider. And those ideas are my two books, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, and Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. These two books confront the very thing that I'm talking about today on this show. This is Not a Daycare is my commentary on the Snowflake Rebellion. The cancel culture and the coddled campuses. And I warned you, I said this was coming, that if we coddle all these kids at Berkeley and Brown, they're going to graduate. They're going to take their narcissism and their selfishness from Berkeley and Brown into the boardrooms and the corporate culture of our nation. And they're going to enter the town square with the same selfish, juvenile, childish attitudes. And here we are. Here we are. I warned of this in Not a Daycare, and I said that the reason we're suffering all of this nonsense is because it's a consequence of abandoning truth. Consider buying several copies of Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, and giving them out as Christmas gifts to your family and friends. And then also, the sequel to that book was just released this past April, and it is titled, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. And I think that title is almost self-explanatory. It's time for our culture to grow up and stop stop acting like children. Recognize that life isn't supposed to be safe, but it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be good in the context of freedom and liberty and personal responsibility and hard work, rather than all of the selfish Narcissistic navel gazing that we see out of our millennials and Gen Zers right now, and unfortunately, their parents and pastors and politicians that are enabling them. So, consider buying those two books. Go to any online bookstore where you get your reading material and buy several copies and give them away to your family and friends. Also, consider downloading your favorite episodes of The Rebellion. Because in doing so, you upgrade our status in terms of uh, SoundCloud and Apple and Spotify and whatnot. So download the episodes of The Rebellion. Don't just listen to it on podcast. If that's the way you listen, download it. And then consider, uh, also consider, I should say, uh, posting it on your social media so that other people are aware of it. Okay, let's get into the show. So the story of Arizona State University. A uh, two-minute summary from yesterday. I covered the, s- the student groups, the officially sanctioned and recognized student groups, which means that tuition dollars are going to support them. Your tax dollars are going to support them. Well, I should say, if you live in Arizona, your tax dollars are going to support these groups. And those groups that are protesting Kyle Rittenhouse's enrollment in an online program, I might repeat, at Arizona State University, Are the Students for Socialism, the Students for Justice in Palestine, and the Multicultural Solidarity Coalition, and MECHA, M E C H A D A S U, MECHA D A S U? Yesterday, I spent a lot of time going over MECHA because this is an organization that is calling for the reconquest, the reconquering of. America's southwest. In other words, they don't believe that California, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and what did I miss? Parts of Colorado. That would be the land of the Aztecs. That would be Aztlan. E, excuse me, A-Z-T-L-A-N. That would be the land of the Aztecs that they believe needs to be reconquered, reconquista. Reconquest. It needs to be taken back because it's not legitimately part of America, the United States. So, this group, by definition, is anti constitutional. It is anti American because they believe in separating states from America. And they believe they should do so under the banner of, and this is in their mission statement, creating a movement that centers Black, Indigenous, queer, trans, and Femi people in this effort of re conquest. Sound familiar? Do you get weary of all of this rainbow lunacy, LGBTQIA, and the alphabets just, or the letters in the alphabet just keep going on and on and on? BLM, CRT, SJW, LGBTQIA. I was just reading an article. In fact, I may cover it in a subsequent show, that there are now 112 genders. 112. I'm not kidding. I went through them. This stuff is just asinine lunacy to the extreme. This is selfishness. This is narcissistic. This is defining yourself by every wish and whim and passion and proclivity and inclination that you have. If you want to do it, no one has the right to tell you not to do it. Who are you to suggest it's wrong? Who are you to suggest that you can't identify that I can't identify as a walrus. Matt Walsh just published a children's book about a boy who thinks he's a walrus and how the parents are enabling the boy to continue to identify and define himself as a walrus. This is crazy, but it's no more crazy than what you see out of these student groups that want you to identify them and enable them in their lunacy of... Black, queer, what was it, anti-heteronormative, this is what they believe. Queer, trans, femi people, indigenous, black, melding and and insulting indigenous and black people with queer, trans, and femi people. In other words, taking objective reality of black and indigenous identity, which is a biological fact, Uh, as is a female, she's a biological fact, as would be a male, a biological fact, and melding it into this queer, trans, femi categories, which are not objective categories. These are categories of feeling rather than categories of empirical facts. And when they meld the two together of empirical identities of black and indigenous with queer, trans, and femi identities, LGBTQIA identities, in other words, they're insulting The biological reality of the women and indigenous and black people that they just suggested have no more significant identity or status than those that want to live in a land of make-believe, the queer, trans, and femi people. So anyway, back to this situation of the Rittenhouse case. All right. I told you yesterday... That these groups, these four groups, are socialistic, they are pro-Palestine, in other words, they're anti-Israel and they're They're, anti-Semitic. They are multicultural, in other words, they're anti-American culture by their own definition. And then Mecha, M-E-C-H-A, is anti-American. And I basically covered that very briefly for you again now. So they're socialistic, anti-capitalist, anti-private property, anti-Christian, anti-constitution. Uh, Pro-Palestine, anti-Israel, they're, uh, they're, they're anti-Semitic. And then multicultural, anytime you hear the words, you need to say multicultural is synonymous with anti-culture, anti-American culture, anti-Protestant work ethic, anti-biblical worldview, anti-Constitution. And Ametia obviously is anti-American because they believe in separating America, dividing it rather than living within the United States. All right. Here's something else all these groups have in common. They're communist. And, and I mean that. They're, they all embrace socialism. They all embrace uh, Big Brother, the big nanny state. They believe that that is the solution to all that ails us. They don't believe in constitutional liberty. They don't believe in our system of justice. They don't believe that Lady Justice should be blind. They don't believe that we should judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. They don't believe that all men and women are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among those are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. They don't believe that. And I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. In fact, one article that I'm reading right now uh, where... says this, uh, students for socialism at Arizona State University told Fox News that the ultimate goal of the demands that they're making upon the university is to let the university administration know that they do not feel safe knowing that Kyle Rittenhouse is admitted into the school. They say that. They don't feel safe because they don't like the look. They don't like the way Rittenhouse looks. They don't like the color of his skin. They don't like the fact that he exercised a constitutional right and that our Constitution protected him and found him innocent of any crimes as he did so. Here's more of what they say. The goal of these demands is to let the ASU administration know that we as the ASU community do not feel safe knowing that a mass shooter who has expressed violent intentions about protecting property, they say that. I'm quoting from them. Protecting property is so carelessly allowed to be admitted to the school at all. Our campus is already unsafe, as it is, and we would like to abate this danger as much as possible. Close quote. That's a student um, who is representing the students for socialism, i.e. communism, at Arizona State University. Did you notice how he specifically zeroed in on, we don't like the fact that, that we've got a student on our campus who believes in protecting property. We feel unsafe because you've got somebody here who actually believes in the Second Amendment, carrying a weapon to protect yourself if you're attacked by somebody like Rosenbaum, who's a convicted sex offender and has sodomized boys as young as nine years of age. And if this type of a person, if this type of an evil person decides to turn on you and attack you, when you're doing nothing other than trying to protect personal property, private property, something that's protected and granted to you in our constitutional republic, that you have the right to protect your person as well as your property, that you shouldn't be able to do that, that you should be expelled from Arizona State University because you believe in those values. that That's what they're calling for. In other words, what's the solution here? To take weapons against away from every American citizen, because anybody that carries one makes these people feel unsafe. Even though you're not the one that's threatening anyone, you're carrying the weapon because you want to be safe. You want to protect yourself, your person, your family, and your property. But you shouldn't be able to do that because that makes them feel uncomfortable. That makes them feel unsafe. So the solution would be to get rid of the Constitution, get rid of the Second Amendment, and get rid of the personal liberties and freedoms that are protected by all of the above. Also, get rid of any reasonable method that you could employ to defend yourself. At the very time that we've got violence exploding in the streets because these people are promoting it and fueling it, fostering it, and participating in it. I mean, my land, they're burning down Kenosha, Wisconsin. They're burning it down. They're destroying businesses. They're burning car lots. It was devastation. It looked like Mogadishu. I mean, it looked it looked like a scene out of Afghanistan, Iraq, or, or Iran. It looked like Lebanon. You know, you, you put whatever, whatever label over it you want. But that's what Kenosha looked like. The United States of America looks like this third world war zone in Kenosha. And Kyle Rittenhouse is trying to help. He's trying to defend. Now, you can say he was foolish. He was being young and naive and foolish to go in there to defend property because he wasn't prepared for the ultimate consequences. You can say that. I'm not too sure whether I agree or disagree with that. But what I can definitively say is that he was being attacked, he was pursued. He wasn't the attacker. He wasn't the pursuer. Rosenbaum was. He was the attacker. He was the pursuer. And Kyle Rittenhouse ultimately had to defend himself for fear of his life. But these people don't believe he should have the right to do that. Here's more of what they said. Rittenhouse took the lives of innocent people with the intent to do so by strapping on an assault, excuse me, by strapping on an assault rifle, to himself in a crowd of unarmed citizens. That is the textbook definition of intention. The decision made by the court is one of thousands of cases that have been influenced by biased judges, predominantly white jurists, and mistakes inherent in a judicial system founded off of injustice to begin with. Close quote. Again, what are they saying here? This is a socialist, communist, big brother, big government, top-down ideology where they're telling you that they know better, they know better how to, um, I was going to say, how to to represent the people, how to serve the citizens. That's what they pretend to know more about. When I say they think they know better, they pretend they know better about how to uh, serve the good of the people. People unite, workers unite, all this nonsense. But we know the history of communism, which I will cover in tomorrow's show. We know that the history of communism is the exact opposite. They say workers unite, but then after they gain power, you find that the workers that don't comply with all of their draconian and despotic rules... Those workers are disenfranchised. Those workers are sent to the gulag. Those workers are the victims of the cultural revolution of Mao, the gulags of Stalin and Lenin. Those workers die because those workers wouldn't comply. So their their moral high ground is nothing but shifting sand. There's no stability to their worldview. They don't believe in the lives of innocent people, as they say right now. And first of all, define innocent. If you're out in the streets burning car lots and looting and destroying businesses and private property, if you're out in the streets breaking the law, how is it that you're innocent? And strapping on an assault rifle. Stop the assault rifle nonsense. Just because you don't like the look of a gun doesn't mean that it's any more dangerous than any other weapon. I mean, if he would have strapped on a baseball bat and defended himself with the ball bat, would you now be saying that ball bats should be illegal? If he would have used a van or a car to run into the crowd, was that acceptable? Or are we going to start making vans and cars illegal? Are those going to be assault weapons? Just because a person uses an object to defend himself, or even to commit a crime does not make the object evil. It makes the person culpable. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse is culpable. He did carry a weapon, and he used the weapon to defend himself. He's culpable for his actions, but he's not guilty of a crime. By definition, he's been acquitted, found innocent within our system of justice, which is not unjust to begin with, quote-unquote, to go back to the spokesperson. What's unjust about our justice system? Please explain that to me. Is it because we assume that Lady Justice is blind and that she will not attend to the feelings, the emotions, uh, the color of people, their socioeconomic status? She doesn't care about any of that? Facts don't, excuse me, feelings don't matter to Lady Justice, only the facts do? That she refuses to allow people to force her to look at color of skin or the uh, the amount of money people have in their bank account or, or 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 where they live in what neighborhood they come from what their nationality is what what their sex is male or female is it is it the fact that lady justice won't won't consider any of that stuff but only considers the facts the facts the facts of the case is that what makes it unjust well, look at every other system in the history of the world that's the opposite of what we do here, where we assume and we work so hard to make Lady Justice blind so that she can't put her thumb on the scales and tip and tip the measurement in favor of any one person or another. What systems have proven to be superior to ours? Russia's? Hmm. Uh, China's? I, I don't know about that one. How about Cambodia? Pol Pot's Cambodia. Uh, how about uh, how about Chavez's Venezuela Has that proved to be more just how about Castro's Cuba How about um, oh uh, uh, let's consider the French Revolution Diderot Let's consider the guillotine was that measurement of justice better than a blind a blind icon with, Scales in her hand. How about let's just take the blind off and put a guillotine in her hand? Uh, how about the uh, how about the cultural revolution of Red China and the, all of these know-it-all kids that rose up and actually killed killed tens of thousands of elderly Chinese people because they were educated and they disagreed with them. I mean, talk to the refugees, the Cuban refugees that live in Florida, about justice, about Castro's justice. I mean, this, this is just nonsense. It's nonsense, and we need to be prepared to confront it. And how do you confront this nonsense? Well, you stay the course. You call a spade a spade, and then you don't back down. You don't apologize. And frankly, Rittenhouse made a mistake. He actually came out and said that he supported Black Lives Matter, trying to placate them. And do you know how Black Lives Matter responded this week? They responded by, and forgive me here, I'll, I'll, I'll blank it out, because this isn't language I used, it's language they used, and it's language I have to black, blank out for my personal standards as well as standards of radio. But when Kyle Rittenhouse came out last week and tried to placate these people by saying, well, I believe in what you're doing, I believe in people, uh, peaceful protests, I believe in Black Lives Matter, he said that. He shouldn't have. Never bow the knee to the rage mob. Never, never apologize if you're right, because their apology will not be enough. When you bow the knee, they'll have their they'll have your head, and that's what Kyle Rittenhouse didn't understand when he tried to placate BLM this past week. Their response to him was, "I don't f with you. We don't f with you." That was their response. So the point is this. You have to stand for principle. You can't placate evil. You have to stay the course. You have to run into the storm, not away from it. And the way to defend yourself against this nonsense is common sense to confront it with the truth and stop imbibing the emotional lies of a coddled communist campus like Arizona State University. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.